with your revolution. Look, look my, my one minute is like, I take your team from icky to sticky. I started reading books on womanism and books on relationships and books on trauma and I journal about them. So when you th- when I realized, oh my gosh, I am trying to have a song experience, but this is real life. Okay, Kashana, what are the recalibrating things that you need to do so that your spirit is in a good place and you're attracting the kind of dudes that are like, yo, I've done this work. And then for the dudes who are just want to shoot their shot, because, you know, lots of us are shooting out of our range. I don't want to know, just aspirational all over the place. And I can just be like, that is so nice. As opposed to, he paid attention to me. I mean, he's only okay. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. The show for men and the people who love them. We'll discuss how people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corbrew. What's good, revolutionaries? It's February. And you know, February we talk about love. <laughs> and anybody that knows the trajectory of love in Dr. Charles Corbrew's life knows that we need to have this conversation about what love looks like, what dating looks like post 40 because we're not going to get into uh, <laughs> where we are on this uh, but it's interesting my father is uh, my father turned 93 on Valentine's Day so I want to give a shout out to him 93 years of life fulfillment and joy my, my ace as I call him we laugh so much on his birthday and um, I've got to tell this story because you know it's, it, it's in this notion of love and if you are an avid listener of this show, you know that my father has Alzheimer's, but we get those moments together and that we get to laugh. And, you know, I, I've taken up his month, taken up his fashion, fashion sense. Right. And so I love to get dressed up. And the other day I walked into the house and I had on this tan overcoat, you know, tan cashmere overcoat. And my father was like, oh, the pastor is here. The preacher is here. And he called me. Pa- he called me Pastor Fuqua. I was like, "What? What is this? What is this?" Right. Uh, so we had a good laugh, and I got to love on him. And you know, our ritual is I go in and I rub on his face, and you know, and then he's like, "Stop!" And he calls me by my childhood nickname. So don't ask me what that is, Kishana. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's money. <laughs> that, that is that. That is money. That that is money. But we have a good time and. You know, being able to show some love to the the patriarch of our family and how he shows love to my mother. They have been married for 50. Let me see here. 1965. This will be their. Wow. This will be their 57th year of marriage. April 11th of this year. Can you imagine that they make that 57 years? Now, my mother's like, yes, 57 years that I've been with this dude. So. It is interesting, particularly for a man who is uh, well above 40, um, who has never been married and, um, yeah, may not ever get married because I don't know if that's that's the road that I want to be on. But commitment and love and the word that I've been word that I've been going through over the last couple of weeks is feeling safe. And, and yeah, you know, what I'm saying feeling safe. Yeah. You know, what does that look like and feel like? Because I don't think that men say that word too much. Like I want to feel safe in a relationship. So I began thinking about having this conversations about relationship and dating. And usually we have a, a, a man on the show. But I was like, I don't want to have this conversation with a man. I want to have this conversation with probably one of the most powerful people. Right. I'm going to say that. Right powerful people, but probably one of the most powerful women that I've ever met and been in presence with. Because when you meet this sister, Kishana Palmer, CEO of Kishana & Co., 
Like you're going to be taken with her. Like I want revolutionaries. I want you to go and, and Google right now when you listen to this, Kishana Palmer, right? Because if you, you're seeing this, right, you, you're seeing the animation. But I met this sister a couple of years ago uh, when I was working with and still working with Camelback Ventures. But she we were doing our Guardian Summit put on by the incomparable Kelly Saltney, my sister. And Kishana was the MC for that. And I was like, wait, who is this? Like, hmm, like, wait. I need to give her a little bit of Charles Corpru. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And we just hit it off and, you know, just listening and watching the sister and seeing how she works and intertwines herself and motivates the world. You know, I was like, I want to get to know more about it. And then I started reading and following her and what she's doing. As you see here, Kisana Palmer, master trainer. But she also has, you know, chronicled her experiences of dating, dating yeah, and what that looks like dating, as she says, hashtag dating over 40. And I was like, this is the month of love. Like, what does it look like to feel safe being love, you know, for men and for women? So I want to have this conversation with the most one of the most powerful women that I know. So welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. Kishana Palmer, my friend, this this beaming light, this beaming ray of <laughs> love and joy to the world. Welcome, welcome to my show. You know, I still blush, right? And then yeah, I see that. With good skin, you know? <laughs> I still blush. I still blush. Don't let these lights fool you. Hey, hey, we love that. We love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it is, first of all, it's an honor. Like, you just do, you're just a dope human in the world and mm. you're so good. And listen, friends, okay, I was completely enamored, okay, with Dr. Charles, Pastor Charles, as it were, on that day, because he did have a, a sharp suit. A crisp shirt, you know? Um, and so, and just as as warm as convenient, as handsome as convenient. So I, I too joined the line of the really ignorant question people ask me all the time. How's a woman like you still single? I'm like, well, it started when I was a young youth. You know? <laughs> like, you know, it started, it started how, how, you know, and let's, let's start there because I'm going to get to my question because... <laughs> You know, I often feel like brothers will ask that question, right? And what I've what I've noticed and what I've realized, because you know, that's a little bit of the game. Like, how, does yeah. a, how does a sister? How does a, how does this powerful woman like you? How does somebody hadn't scooped that up? Right. You know what I'm saying? And then it put yeah. me down. I just want y'all to know. Okay, <laughs> I was a whole married lady. Okay, with a house and two cars and a baby. And wow. Charles, I thought that life had been, listen, I went into college and was like, y'all people are here to get a degree. I'm going to get two and a husband. I'm not playing this game. I think, I wish we would tell the truth about the fact that people's mamas have sent them to, to institutions of higher learning to come home with an institution of a higher husband. Hello. Wow. And so you really only have that want to me, that one shot. So you got to pick your horse. And listen, the game is the game, but you that's what you do because when you are in that space of like transformation the first time, right? Being away from mm -hmm. your parents, having that independent, finding yourself. That's the opportunity where when you think people talk about building from the ground up, that is the ground. Mm -hmm. Literally, that is the floor from which one would build. And so if you pick well, you all have an opportunity to be able to grow, to ebb, to flow together, both mm -hmm. individually and together and to learn together. You grow up together. Mm -hmm. When you have good support, and folk around you with good sense, or you decide to listen to the good support and you have good sense, then you make it through those rocky early years right. where you mm -hmm. really are yearning for the single life and to be in the streets. 
but you're at the house. You're at the house. So, um, I got divorced when I was 30. Um, wow. Right? I, I mean, I was the, the whole of my 20s, Charles. The hell with that? You took my good hoe in years. <laughs> okay? I didn't go to a clave until I was 36. Lord have mercy. And I know the bros, look, the bros were like, oh, the Deltas. The Deltas are in town at the same time that the bros are? What? What? Oh, my. So, the reality was, I wake up at 31, a young mom, you know, having never dated because I went into college, I got a boyfriend, you know, I don't know how I made it through being a Delta, and then I, I didn't even have all of the mess that you get to get into undergrad. Why was I always booed up? I was focused. And so I had to learn from scratch at 31 when people had years of practice and of tripping and falling how to be a single woman. And I got to tell you, friend, those first two years, listen, it was not quite right. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? Not quite right. Because the only thing I knew how to do at that point was be a wife, right? right. We had built our mm. home. I knew how to decorate. I had a full-time job. I'm a, I was already an executive in the nonprofit I worked for. I have a baby on the toast. You know, I'm doing drop-off and pick-up and fresh meals. And my, I am a first-generation American. So my very Jamaican mama raised me right. So all the accoutrement that men would say that they would want from a partner, I, I got 10 years in the game of practice. So you're ready to go. What, what is dating? I'm ready to get another husband. And here's the worst part. I read a statistic. I cannot remember what magazine this was in that said that when men are divorced or widowed and they choose to repartner, they repartner within 18 months to two years. But if women, regardless of desire, do not remarry within five years, it was like 78 or 79 percent that they're going to remain single. So what do you think? When, okay. Okay, the shot clock was up. I was like, you think I'm out there? And I want more babies? I need somebody to raise, help me raise this child? Like, I was like, oh, hell no. You're not about to have me out here in the street. So it was on. And so when you have that level of focus, it also comes with this sort of like weird air of desperation. Mm-hmm. Because everybody yes. is like a potential second dad. Everybody's a potential partner. Because I'm still in that mindset of where we're building, where we can make it work, we can figure it out. I mean, it was a mess. And so shout out to the gentlemen that were in that <laughs> period of life because they ain't make it. Uh, they, they didn't make the cut. They didn't make it. They did, they're, 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 standing on the, they're standing on the sideline wondering. And look, look, I, look not, I understand because I've been one of those dudes. <laughs> <You know what laughs> I've, been, I've been one of those dudes. But that's, inter- that, that's interesting to know, right? Mm-hmm. Because thinking about that, right? Women do have a different, you know, particularly different time clock or, you know, yeah. and, I, and I say time clock because what I'm, what I'm seeing is, particularly in the dating game, is like, don't play with me, right? Because I know, and particularly black women, right? And we're going to put it out there. Don't play with me because I have goals. I have an agenda. This is what I'm trying to do with my life. And either, look, what, what, what what I've been saying out loud in the world these days is either you have a supportive partner or you have no partner at all. Correct. And that has that has been the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so, tell me, I I, I want to know, uplift that period of time. Those brothers yeah. who did not make it, yeah, why? Why didn't they make it? So the early on, in first, I was just playing. I didn't know what I was doing, right? And so I was in a new city, 
it was the fresh hair. I was cute. You know, I was out. Still to, cute. Still bo- fine. Boobies out. Booty out. All the outs. Okay. Because, you know, when you somebody mama, you put on the things that got the ruffles on the side, you know? I, mean, I don't know if I was really sexy at the house in the first go around. I got to change that the next go around. But definitely was just figuring out, like, who am I? And how do you do stuff? And so when I moved back home, where I live now here in New York City, I was still young. I was 32. Uh, yeah, so 32 when I moved home. And I had had two years out in California. So I had the fresh air and I was a California girl for a little while. Um, and I came home and I feel like I was a walking target to be like, you know, for predators. Because oh, what I mean by it is emotional vampires, mm. right? Because I had the like, the, the thirst to want to be partnered. Mm. And I was just discovering things like love languages and what does it mean for somebody to see you? And that was early in before they were making memes and graphics and putting <laughs> it in group text talking about, well, I don't know about you, but my love language is consistency. Stop it. That's not what Gary Chapman intended. Jeez. That's the nerd in me, though. And so I was just coming into that. And my two language love languages are gifts and acts of service. Okay. And so to the uninitiated... That's like, you know, people hear gifts and particularly men and they automatically associate it with money. Mm. Therefore, I must be a gold digger. And therefore, I just want stuff as opposed to understanding that if you're listening and you're paying attention, there's probably 95 things I've narrated that have no material cost. And there's also Gucci. I'm not going to lie to you about that. (laughs) Love this. It's on the list. But that you can show up really powerfully if you're paying attention to my background right now a good paying attention sir would be able to pick out about six or seven things that would probably light me up that would cost you less than twenty dollars mm, books flowers hello shotskis right there you go plants? yeah i mean like <laughs> soft things oh wrong side soft thing wait, wait a minute there you go like <laughs> so I met someone who basically took out his phone and everything I said that I liked, oh, look, that's so cute. Oh, that's, I'm just... And my man was delivering it at the job and delivering wow. it at the house and showing up for every week for three years, even when he, we were in the height of disagreement, when he was having a whole nother affair, the whole thing. Flowers at my doorstep every week without fail. So the things that light me up and motivate me don't take a lot, but they were powerful in that I didn't understand that folks can use the things that move you to manipulate you. Mm, wow. Talk about that. Right. Break that down. That's wow. Right. So if I know as a woman that you like your tea time, I can do the positive thing. Like if I know quality time is your time, learn to play, come with you. If I know physical touches your time, love up on you when you come off. Yes, yes, okay, just yes, exactly. yes, but that is my love language. Touch me. Right. Touch but me. Touch me in the morning, right? If it is acts of service, I make sure that I took your golf your golf clubs to be cleaned. Because you know I'm not cleaning them, but I will take them. Um, <laughs> and it just happened to be spanking in the back of the truck. You see where I'm going with that? Right, right. So that's when I do it in a great way. I can also manipulate that to then get what I want. Because mm-hmm. when you experience your love language, you go, oh, you get me. So before there's love, right? Even in the beginning, if I know what I see, it, I can get in on it. Oh, you get me. Oh, you see me. Oh, you appreciate me. All of us want to have that feeling. When it tips is when then I know that and I use that 
to move you like a chess piece to get yes. the thing I want. Cause it's really about me. It's not actually about you, but I wasn't sophisticated enough and I didn't have enough experience um, to know that that was, that's what was happening to me. So my friends couldn't tell me anything. Oh, you had it. Like, you, you know, you had it. You were Jill Scott in it. You know what I'm saying? That, that's yeah. it. Let's take is it the way? Is it, is it the way that you love me? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I was, listen, I was all the way royal. down fifth. You First know? of all, get that. I was crown royal on ice. You hear me? <laughs> you didn't tell me nothing. So wow. that, so really understanding that, you know, I had to learn over time to really be careful when I see how a brother is moving in the world. And so the second thing that I learned in those early days and from the guys that didn't make it is that there shouldn't be, I shouldn't have to convince you to treat me well. Yes. Because what you need to feel like you're being treated well and what I need to be, to have that same feeling may not be the same, but it doesn't matter because it's not about me when I'm focused on you. And it always feels, even right now, that I have to decide if I want to entertain this dance of convincing you that I'm worthy of mm. basic human decency. So I'll give you a quick example. So I'm doing this thing in these what we'll talk about. So anyway, so a, a gentleman friend slipped in under the deadline. And so he said that he wanted to be fr- He was just going to wait. And I had to explain to him that, you know, don't, I don't want you to be the, you know, the eggplant in the glass, you know, he didn't, he didn't know. Okay. He said he didn't know. He knew. Mm. So, I was like, I'm going to test this theory if we can really be friends and if you can just wait. Because waiting may not work out in your favor, right? right. I'm not waiting on pause to date. I'm actually literally taking a complete step back. And so Valentine's Day, as you know, was this week. And so we had this conversation and he was like, well, if we're not dating, like I would, I don't understand why I would do anything for Valentine's Day. And I was like, well, because I'm a girly girl and love all made-up holidays, I celebrate Administrative Day, Both Day, Grandparents Day, Groundhog Day. I would like, there's Earth Day. Any day that Hallmark says you should go out and get a $2 card, I would like there to be a present. I was like, hello? Dinner? Acknowledgement? No? No one? So I had to say, you know, it's okay to do something just to be kind. These flowers are from one of my guy friends. I have a bouquet from my daddy outside who, in his good old late 60s, Still is flowers, candy, stuff to his girl children, right? Like my brother sent two bouquets because he's like, I know you love a good flower. I was like, it looks like a funeral home in here. Also, I was like, it's so nice. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, right? So I said, you know, you can do things for someone because you just know they'll enjoy it. Yes. But it didn't, I wasn't having the experience that you're just doing it just because you want something for you. You know what has to happen? I'm going to have to wish you well. And Charles, I don't cut people off. I am the person that will take the rope and just throw it over the head with you. We don't need to cut it. I'm not keeping any rope. You can't come back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm uh, speaking from a brother's perspective, right? Yeah. It, it, it It is hard, right? Because I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't know. Like my female friends that I have, we've been friends for a long, long time, right? A, mm-hmm. a long, long time. But I'm I'm sitting here trying to think, I'm sitting here trying to think, do I have a female friend that nothing has ever happened to us, right? Or between us, not to mm-hmm. us, but between us, right? That is not a friend that I haven't had for 20, 25 years. And I, I don't, I, you know, 
There's going to be somebody be like, I, oh, we're not friends? I, I can't think of it right now, right? They might be friendly. That's why. They're not in, they're not <laughs> in the polka dot, okay? They're in the outer frame, right? Right, right. So that, that is an interesting thing is that mm-hmm. how do you all, how do we create and sit in that friend space yep. to create the relationship that we may want down the road? Because yep. I think for me, not even I think for me, and so I, I think is my, my, my umbrella. I know for me at this stage, Intimacy is 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 so much greater than yeah. like yeah. the the physical aspects of just having sex, right? Yeah. And so I have been really trying to cultivate intimate relationships, and that's been different. And it's been hard because I've been I've moved in the world a different way, right? You know, Corpru, as we'll call him, not Charles or Doctor Corpru. <laughs> Corpru has moved in the world a whole different way. And at this at this stage of life, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't you know, the the excitement just doesn't it doesn't get me there anymore. And so I I guess my hypothesis is that it has been hard. Right. It may have been hard because brothers are like, well, I don't know how to be. We're not taught like as we go how to be friends with a woman because, you know, women are beautiful you know yeah. people are people are beautiful let's, let's yeah. keep it equ- equitable here on the show um and how do we do that and i was actually actually thinking about that because i, I met a woman a couple months ago and i was like she would be a really good friend and how do i move past like maybe i don't want to date but i would love to be friends with you how do you how do you do that so that's an interesting piece in yeah. saying that and you know and, and and friends like i do for my friends like my boys, like I sent my boy, I, I, I found some stuff. Yeah. That was my point. So to me, to answer your question quite plainly, you name it and have the conversation. Right. Right. I think that the challenge that I run into is that we revert back to junior high school. Mm. where We're just awkward and bumping into each other. Sadie, you know, Sadie Hawkins dancing it. You don't know what to say. You're looking down at your pants. I'm looking down. at I'm looking at your pants too. Like, you know, there's an opportunity for us to say like, what would that look like for you? What does friendship for me looks like this with my long-term friends? Is that something that makes you comfortable? Do you feel like you could get that way? What kind of friendship experiences have you had? And what do you think would get in the way? Like I would have hella respect for someone who approached me that way. Does it mean that I may not be attracted to them? No, we are sexual beings, right? But we're adults. So you also get to decide how you act on that. And so I think one of the things that's important about what you said about um, intimate relationships is that we have been a one trick pony on intimacy for a long time. Right. So asking me, asking a man to step outside of what he understands, you know, I'm gonna put it on you, girl. You don't want no corporal. You don't want you don't you don't want that swagger. Okay. I'm like, I would like Charles, please. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Um, that we're allowed to get to have that connection. And actually that connection to me is more attractive, also yes. a little bit more dangerous because it mimics the like, oh, we could be together because we connect on so many levels. And so also to me, that is a very precious uh, way that you would want to move in the world if you decide that you want to have those types of just, you know, intimate relations that are not sexual because they're to me much more potent, you know? There's a delicate dance. I'm thinking about a friendship that I have. Like, there's a delicate dance. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sister. Like, you know, and, but it's interesting that I, 
you know, as we try to build a friendship, like having that conversation, like what does it look like to be your friend and not, and what does it look like to be your friend and not your lover at this, at this at juncture? This juncture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. And I often think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong and I'll take often out. I think that as we get older, the friend, like you said, it's a, it's a, it can be dangerous if you, if you move in the wrong direction, but it also can be a positive if you're building a friendship first, like right. what is it, what, what does that look like? And asking that, I think that's a relationship thing. What does it look like to be your friend? Because for, you know, friendship is intimate in, in a certain way. Right. I, I talked to my, you know, my, my best friend and I, we talk every Wednesday, uh, you know, Eli, Dr. Elijah Beatty. And we have intimate conversation, right? About marriage, about relationships, about pelotoning, um, you know, uh, look, all the things. Those are intimate conversations between two men. And we have been friends since 2005. So that's, you know, almost 20 years of friendship that we have. And thinking about this as, as you're entering into a relationship with someone who might be a romantic partner. You don't know. Yeah. You know, for me, and I'll only speak for me. I have just like, Ooh, let me just jump in. And the, the and, and I'll be honest, this is my show. The gauge has been, well, how good is the sex? Right. And you're like, could be trash. Could be awesome. Right. You, unless uh, there's few occasions in which you can't get better. Okay. I just want to say just sometimes it's equipment. Sometimes it's will. Sometimes it's skill. Although I think skill can be improved, but will cannot, you know, it's a different conversation. But I think that that notwithstanding, like you've got to be able to have those conversations. So I'll give you an example. So my style when I date is we have hard conversations early. Mm. First date, second date, hard. Like, I'm, understand, I'm trying to understand your faith walk. I'm trying to understand how your family gets down. I'm trying to understand where your mama and them. I'm trying to understand your relationships. And if you are run off by this conversation, then I would like to bless you and release you because, hello, have you met me? I'm very verbose. This is about to be your life, friend. Like, if you're not ready for 1,245 repeating questions and deep conversations and plus one and on, on a... You're going to need a man cave living with me. And I would like to invite you to one because I don't want you around all the time. That's a different thing. Different thing. Meet me at the dinner table. It, exactly. 7, 7 p.m. And then, and then the boom and go back. <laughs> but I like to go. Peace. See you later. See you tonight. You know, um, but I like to go deep because I feel like when you have deep conversations about things that really matter to you early, you don't have the emotional investment to have like the like dance around, don't know exactly what you want to say, don't want to hurt your feelings, don't know how it's going to land. I still like you, we're sleeping together, it's real good. I don't want to mess it up. Like you don't have any of that stuff going on. Right. So you get to just be yourself. Being your authentic self in a relationship is, it's, I'll equate it to like, like warm water, like ocean water, like, like, like think, think of like, think of the Dominican Republic, you know, in, in, in May, that, 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 that warm bathing water when you get in and you're like, this just, this feels amazing. And Kishana, I'll say this because, you know, as, as I wrestle with how to show up, Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and saying the word, like I said earlier, like being able to say, babe, I feel safe with you. 
Yeah. yeah. And I've been I've been wrestling with that because that's my own stuff about being a man. Right. And men saying, you know, having the conversation about safety and 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 also saying I don't feel safe. And that is an interesting thing, I think, you know, because I, I would love to know revolutionaries, the, 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 and particularly my male revolutionaries who listen to this. How often you say to your partners out there that I feel safe or I don't feel safe is that or is there some synonym that you may be using yeah. to say that this conversation and the way that I'm feeling, I don't like this feeling and, and this feeling is making me feel like I don't need to be here or I don't want to be a part of this something because I've been, you know, I've been having this conversation with a woman and I'm like, I don't feel safe with you. Yeah. yeah. And that is huge because I can't be my authentic self. I can't feel like I'm bathing in that warm water because what I think when anyone can be their authentic self in a relationship, mm -hmm. they can be the best version of it, particularly if they're working. Right. Yeah. And like I said, being able to be supportive to each other and what you said earlier, like, I'm thinking about you, right? Because it, it, what, what I'm feeling like, if you're thinking about me and I'm thinking about you, our relationship works. It's That's not right. that I'm thinking about myself and you're thinking about you and then it, occasionally we think about each other. No, I'm thinking about you. I'm coming home early for a trip because I want to spend more time with you. With you. Right. Mm -hmm. That's And so I'm thinking, I'm planning my days to say, okay, well, how can I spend the the hours that I have, even though I'm busy with you. And if you can do that, I think you can and be safe. You can be your authentic self in the relationship. But anything that deviates from that, I think that there's chaos and trauma. Absolutely. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think that so a couple of things have bubbled up as you were as I was listening. And so one is you've got to be willing to do your own self work. Like, I'm going to need you to be in therapy, friend. I don't care if it's group because you have Kaiser or individual or if you want, you know, or, or one of the safe spaces because you want to be on the Internet. I don't care. I need you to be talking to a soul a couple times a month about everything that is in your spirit because I am not your coach or therapist and I will do the same. So I think that's the first thing, like really being able to do the work so that you understand like where some of your triggers come from or where some of the things that cause you to have to ask them to call in those questions. And what does safety mean for you specifically? Mm, like I right. love the description of water and being in the DR because I can close my eyes and I can picture the sun and the blue water and just being able to float. And so that means that when we're in conversation and you're like, I don't really feel like this. It sounds like this is not a good look right now. I don't really know where you're going with this right now, but I don't like it. Like, yeah, you're doing a lot. Like when you hear, right, you're doing a lot, right? When you hear that, that's a, hold on, yellow light. Then I should really be trying to recall floating <laughs> But immediately and then be like, okay, I hear you. Or like, I'm, my voice is elevated, but let me step it down. Or I need a moment because this has really upset me and I don't feel like you are experiencing this through my eyes, right? So there's lots of ways that we can use language to be able to communicate that without attacking each other. And I think that we don't spend the time to get better language. So in the experience I have, I've had very educated, in all of the books, degrees, commas, certifications, designations, self-taught and otherwise. I've, I've looked at them in wonder because you can be smart, but not sharp. Wow. 
And so being able to, to, to be willing to investigate why you want to feel that way and how that shows up for you. And is it really realistic all the time? Is it a sometimey thing? Are there external conditions that need to be true? So for example, I don't feel safe if I come into your home and you don't have good furniture. Because to me, that means you don't have good sense. <laughs> Yo, I would hate my, you would design. hate my house right now. You would, you would hate I would, it. <laughs> and I'd be like, give me your credit card. That's like, what I need. But that's that's like, what I, I need. I'd be like, hey, 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 give me the card. What's my limit? Okay. You, oh, you want me to do so-and-so? I'll be back. How do you mm. want to feel in here? Or you want it to be spy-like? Or you want it to be a den? Or you want to such and such? Your whole style would be up. Because I don't need to be mine, right? And so if safety means see, have, being with a woman who can see what is a problem to her and a nuisance to you, right? Because not a problem for you. You're just annoyed. You're like, oh, I hate it, but whatever. Um, there, immediately that creates that safety step forward yes. because you're like, yo, she sees me and she got me. Yeah. She's not going to let me be out here with my bed not trimmed and stuff. Like, I'm not going to be out here not right. You're like, I'm not going to be out here not right. <laughs> Revolutionaries, <laughs> like if you saw, like literally, 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 I need a decorator. My life is so busy. I need somebody to be like Charles. I, I got you. Like if this is the place that we're gonna spend this time together, look, right. look, look, let me look. Let me furl my brow. Like if this is the place we're gonna spend the time together, I'm gonna need a little bit more than this. Look, a couch, Hello. <laughs> a and couch, kind of and a bed, and a bed. So I and a bed. When I can say to you, sir, sir. What is happening here? And you'd be like, yeah, I know, you know, the time and such and such, and I just need it. So I, I'm being myself, right? Because I'm named, I'll, I'll say out loud, like, uh, hello, uh, am I going to get murdered and wrapped in plastic? Because there's nothing here but a couch. There's nothing there and some <laughs> and some stools. And you've been, you been living here how long? How long? <laughs> How long? And like, wait a minute. And when you walk out of this house, you look like that. that? Right. Like, and, you, and you look and you drive that and you I walk into your house and it looks like this. That? Oh, like, hell no. Right. <laughs> so then you get to have the conversation. So to me, when you start having hard conversations early, there's banter, there's curiosity. And because of the fact that many of us, I think about 20 something people, per, uh, people per, uh are online dating, right? Things still 20 something. It hasn't really grown that much, interestingly, even during the pandemic. And so there's a fifth of us who are online. I don't know where the other folks are though, because we definitely had nobody's bar establishing. We just had the house hoping. Where they are. My game is tight. Look, my game is tight offline. You're right. saying. You're like online, you're like, hello? <laughs> W-Y-G question. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> How are you? You don't know how's, how's your day? A list of question starters that I have because I got tired of that. I just be copying and pasting. Here is the conversation. I have like six types because I'm like, because they're pressure tests for me. Like, can you form a sentence? Because it says you work at Deutsche Bank, and I'm not convinced. What do you do there, <laughs> sir? Are you in the mail room? Do you read the mail? That guy just what is happening? I work at um, Deutsche Bank. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm a sorter. I'm a sorter. It's color coded. Mm-hmm. You know. So you know, like being able to laugh and have those conversations and figure out what makes you safe and understand your how you grew up, right? Because we either decide to be just like our parents or complete opposites 
of our parents or our guardians that we grew up with. So asking questions about that, like, where's your mom, your dad, who'd you grew up with? What was it like? Did your parents dance in the living room? I love to ask questions like that. Like my parents were the slow grind. So they, you know, they do the lovers. They don't do this dance all foolishness. The young people, them do. They don't do that. But they will do the lovers and you see them just swing in the living room in the night. They definitely had R&B love. And so... When you see that as an example, my curiosity is, did you, did you get something like that? You know, did you peek from the downstairs banister, you know, because your parents were having like the card party with their friends? Like, and that for me is now critically important in finding a successful love match. And I didn't understand that when I first really started dating in my early 30s. Right. And those are like nuanced things. It doesn't mean I'm going to find perfection, but I'm looking for life experiences that complement each other in such a way that we start to feel that connective stuff. So to your earlier question about like, is it possible to be friends as you're thinking about and moving into a relationship? Absolutely. This is where friendship goes. Like, let me thank you one good time in space and see if we can still keep dating. Look, look, for those of y'all who don't know what Spades is, I, I, it, it is a card game. <laughs> and, you look, and you know exactly. Let me look at it. You know exactly who you are. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, let me see how you are. If you play basketball, I grew up playing basketball, too. And we can go out and do some recreational stuff together. Oh, you're an outdoor kind of guy. Let me go hang out with you in the thing that you love to do. One thing I'm not doing is jumping out of a perfectly good plane. So I just want you to know any of y'all oh, who just on. have that on. No, I will be at the bottom taking photos. I mean, but it, it's better when you can take the photos together in air. For who? For that, that that's I mean, that's how friendships are built over like fear. Like uh-huh. overcoming your fear together. What are you talking about? So you like, feel like I'm doing I'm not doing it because I'm afraid. You're trying to call me out. Don't, <laughs> don't challenge me. I don't like that. I answer it there. You okay. know, I mean, look, hey, hey, Dominican <laughs> Republic, par- paragliding 8,000 feet up. What, What's up? My, what's up? My stomach. <laughs> In my throat. Okay. But you, you, you see what I'm saying, Charles? Like, you gotta, like, there's so much opportunity to get in there and understand who that person is and how they're showing up in the world at this time. And then you get to decide, like, yo, you're cool. You're good people. I don't want it. But you know yeah. who would want it now. If you if you if you really have tipped into the friendship zone, because you can be friendly. That's what I think happens to most mm-hmm. of us as we're tiptoeing into or careening into relationships. We're not really friends. We're just friendly. And then magically, we're supposed to like have combine a little bit of friendly with a little bit of sexual activity, mm-hmm. with a little bit of do nice things for you, and a little bit of meet your family into a cocktail and be together forever. That just it doesn't work. Not anymore. Not for me. Yeah. No. And and that's interesting because deep, intimate relationships take time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, what was it? 90 hours was like the, the start of a, a, a intimate friendship. Mm-hmm. Like you got to spend at least 90 hours together. That's I mean, and that's a lot of time. You think, you know, that that's that can be a lot of time. And yep. I re- you realize, like, if you're thinking about friendships, like how did that friendship turn into like or how did that acquaintance turned into a friend that was mm-hmm. spent time together you exactly talked right. together you laughed together you did exactly you know right. travel together you know things like that but it took time and then w- what happens is that we begin to build trust and for me the trust uh, particularly around intimacy leads to a better version of me sexually 
mm-hmm. right? And because I'm it, because of the like the the exploration, of, you know, the the corporate version of me just could go out and boom. But that don't that don't that doesn't get me off like that anymore. No, absolutely. right, right. And you know, I I spent twenty four hours with someone and realized that we didn't have sex, and I realized that in those twenty four hours, I had the most amazing time with her. We laughed, we joked, we cooked, we went out, we drank, we cuddled, right? We talked. It was like the most amazing. And we actually, like at the end of the 24 hours, we said to each other, like, we realized that, hey, you know, we didn't have sex. Yeah, I was like, I know. And this was the most amazing time. Yes. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I was like, the older version of me but been like, yo, when, yeah. we, when, when is this going to happen? Like, I'm moving, I'm trying to move this to this quickly. Exactly. And, yeah. And it's it's different. And, you know, and that is a very interesting thing to me. So I, I want to move the conversation a little bit because sure. you, you talk now at length about dating. Like this was your dating in your 30s. Yeah. Dating your 40s. Is it different? And it, if it is, what does it look like? Like yeah. what are the, what kind of men or people that are you meeting? And like, yeah, what's that like? I saw the roll of the eyes. I didn't roll my eyes. I just looked like it. Eh. Um, it is, <laughs> it is an adventure. Um, and the reason I say that is because I haven't had like horrible dating stories. I have funny dating stories, like a lot of them, like you and your brethren, them be out here acting a whole fool. I just want you to know. Are you um, talking about, are you, are you talking about the, uh, are you talking about the great man of Omega Sci-Fi? Is that what I hear? No, I'm not. I actually have not ever dated one of the rest. What? I get friend zone all the time. Okay, listen, I have to tell you this really quickly. So since college, it wasn't until four years ago that I dated somebody Greek. Wow. From college. Like never. What would happen to you would be the following. Kish, you're amazing. You're so wonderful. You're sweet. You make a wonderful wife. I'm not ready for them right now. But when I'm ready, I'm coming for you. What? I ain't got time for you. <laughs> I, like got time. I, I got time for that foolishness. Then I get the ones now who are on the end of their first marriage and look, they don't let the whole thing go. Now they're like, so you know, you know, you still as fine as you was in undergrad. I bet you I am. <laughs> and you are now paying child support. Okay. And a whole nother house mortgage. I don't want to come to the apartment. Um, so in my 40s, I think I've become like I, I am a hoot to, for myself. I just want you to know everything's from really for my personal amusement. But I think I've become, one, less inflexible about, like, the who. And so uh, before I was really clear, you have to be college educated, this many degrees, drive this type of car, live in this type of lifestyle. I still want the lifestyle. And one thing that has become uh, very crystal about women, and many of us may not admit it, so if I get comments, I'd be like, sorry, y'all. There are some women, two types of women. One type of woman, for the most part, marries for the man. Want the man, and the lifestyle is the Sunday on t- is the, the the sprinkle on top. So if you imagine the Sunday, the man is the substance, all ice cream, and the lifestyle is the goodness. Then there are other women who marry for the lifestyle. They want all of the sprinkly stuff, and the man, you know, could be whoever, as long as he's good, kind, you know, let him know if that's your thing, whatever your thing is. But it feels almost not interchangeable, but not quite as important. And I think what ends up happening is that a lot of times, one, women do not admit to ourselves which one we are. Okay. Just out here aspirational, but not clear. 
Get clear on the type of woman you are. I am the latter. I lifestyle first. Why? Because at this point in my life, I'm just going to pick good people. And so I'm not interested in the death buddy. I am not trying to take care of preventable diseases. Um, I would like somebody who is actually out here caring about his health and knows his doctor's names. I just, I feel like my requirements are so basic. Basic, basic. Know your doctor's name. Go get your colonoscopy. Go get your colonoscopy. Like, what you doing? You know, but I know that having raised a child by myself and started and grown a business by myself, that there is a particular way that I love to live. Um, and can do so for two humans. Because when you have a teenager, Charles, it is like having a broke breast friend. She want all the, all the things and ain't got a dollar to pay for it. Okay? Nothing. Nothing. So that, that was I a good life. That was a good life back in the day. Well, good life. I want to go back. She rushing to be an adult. So I have proven to myself that I can manage the household and take care of two adults, right? Two humans. So at this particular point, when I'm thinking about partnering, whether it's marriage or just having a life partner, because I actually think I'd be happy in two separate households. I Man, mean, who are you talking about that? Are you telling? We'll talk about that in a second. Yes. So when you think about partnering, I am actually looking for someone that on his own too can meet me where I am already. And I am not interested in 50-50 because I do not believe in Dutch. And if we are Dutch, that means we are friends and therefore we are not in a relationship because I still have lots of tradition, more traditional leanings. And yes, I do the things that come with having more gendered roles, uh, for example. So it's a balance between being super independent and having been head of my own household and being able to name that if I'm going to release control of that responsibility, it is to someone who can at least keep us here. And if we're really feeling fancy and footloose and free, let me not have to work this hard, okay? So I can keep my good skin and my figure. Like, I would like to be a hot toddy on your arm when you're in tea, when you're your daddy's age and be like, hello. Look, she still know how to step. The heels may only be two inches now and not four, but they're still bad. Right. So really being able to know which one you are. And then for men to know what kind of woman you actually want. Like, I think there's just so interesting. And it's just like, you got to know who you want and you've got to play in your lane. Okay. It is a very interesting thing you say that because I, I, I read a caption today, like, you know, people need, like you said, know who you want to be with. That's it. If you want somebody who's 50, 50, go find somebody who's 50, 50. If you want somebody to pay all, if you want somebody to pay all the time, go find somebody who'll pay all the time. Stop complaining about meeting people. Right. And they don't fit into your lane. Well, understand what your boundaries are. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah, un- understand what your boundaries are and move. And if it doesn't fit, move on. That that's that's not your lane. And that that's such an interesting piece, because for me and, you know, I, I wonder sometimes because I'm I'm you know, I, I grew up in a household with, you know, two very independent people. We are, you know, in, a, in essence, three only children. So three very independent people. We had we came to get we came together at dinner. Right. At, at the end of a long day, came to the other dinner and then we just scattered. My dad went to the his office. My mom went to her room and prayed. I went to my room and watched TV, did homework. To this day, that's what we still do. Right. When I'm when I'm at the house, um, my mother taught me to do everything. My mother ruined my mother ruined me. I'll say that ruined me for any woman because I can cook. I can clean. I can take care of myself. I can take care of a house. I would, as a child on, in the summer, I would have to get up and cut the grass. Mm-hmm. I then had to clean the entire house, right? Please. I then had to wash Please. the dishes, wash my own clothes, fold mm-hmm. them, 
put them up, right? And do whatever bidding. And once I got a car, then do whatever bidding she wanted me to do. So that meant going to the store, <laughs> doing the groceries and doing everything. So, right, right. Exactly. My mothers were like, oh, you start driving? I've got a slave now, right? You're going to do everything. So everything. summertime's were the worst. Like Saturday, I was like, can I go outside and play? Is there a camp? Right. <laughs> so what has happened is that I am extremely independent, right? Mm-hmm. Extremely independent. And so if somebody expects, right, and I'll say this, if there's an expectation that I'm going to do everything for you, I, because that's not how I'm raised. I watched my mother, however, take care of our family and never like take care and say, I've got my money. I'm going to do my thing. I take care of my family. My, your father's got his money. We do the thing. I get a little pissed when he asks me for money. Right? You know what I'm saying? And so that's how I have been. Like, I understand the traditional roles of man. I also want, I also feel like I want a partner. Like we go out and yeah. do things. Right. At least at, at, at least at some point say, hey, baby, I'm going to take you out or I'm going to. Yes. Right. I'm going to cook dinner for you. Right. I know you've done these things. I'm going to show you that I'm appreciative of the things that you're doing for us. Yes. I know. Right. Sometimes you come home. It's been late. You've been working on this podcast. You've been a venture capitalist, you know, with, with your people, all the things. I'm going I'm to take this load off of you. That's right. But if I'm not feeling that. As you say, I'm going to have to, I'm going to bless you and wish you goodbye. Right. And I think the thing is like, that's the kind of conversation we would have early. Right. Because then I, we're both sovereign souls. I get to decide if I want in or not. The thing that has right. stressed me out so much um, in my late thirties and coming into my forties about it is like, why am I negotiating the, the things that I would like? Like, bruh, if you don't want to do it, I understand there are many women out here just happy to have you breathing. And so I am not going to give you the breathing well award. Like it just, that is just not the way this is going to work because I know that for the things that you need that are comfort for you, I will learn it. I will figure it out. I will do it. It'll be my pleasure because it should be your pleasure. So I think about the first time that I made my first gift, right? I was a career fundraiser before I started my consulting practice. And I remember the first time I made my first gift and the first time I got my first big win and the joy on that donor's face, when that gentleman wrote that multi-million dollar check, he was just a just a happy. The same feeling I had when I wrote my mom was nine millions of dollars. I want you to know it was less, but it did, it had the same type of significance to me. So I give you that example to to pull the parallel. When you do something that just is joyful, right? Not because you're counting the beans to get to a thing, or you want to be watching and don't don't let me fail a test. I don't know I'm taking. Mm. And so, and that was one of the biggest things I had to learn the hard way. Like I was, mother was out here failing left and right. I'm going to just watch and see what he does on Friday. And if after Friday, he doesn't do this thing, he got to go. First of all, nothing needs to happen for you to decide. And so when you already know, because you already know, just make the decision. And so when you're dealing with somebody who's as independent as you are, and I'm meeting more men who are like that, then my question of curiosity is, well, what would be your pleasure? Because help me to understand. Look, look. <laughs> <laughs> sir. Okay, fresh, just fresh. Um, you know, like what are the things that are going to really light you up? Like, what has somebody d- done for you that you went, oh, what? Well, how, that was real good. Because I want to understand. I'm trying to gauge early. Not that I'm going to replicate that specific thing, but I want to gauge early. Like, what are the things that really light you up? So if you're like, yo, I always come home and I love to cook and I know how, but I never get a chance to because I'm, you know, constantly on the go until eight, nine o'clock at night. And so then I'm grabbing stuff on the way home. In my mind, sometime after I hear that shortly in the future, there's going to be like, oh, what's your work? Be like, oh, you working on Wednesday late again? Meal delivery at the the crib. 
at the job. Yeah. Like for me, if, if we have that, if we're at that point in our relationship, do do do, I will probably take off earlier that day so I can give myself a, an opportunity to rest, to be able to do something kind for you, or if we're in a position that I get to take you out or whatever, whatever the, it is that sits in the lifestyle that you're able to do that gives your potential partner, somebody you're vetting, that ease. Why is it so hard to just do it? Right. So what I what I hear and is really having those, as you said, those hard conversations and also hard conversations. And let's take heart out of it. Let having yeah. the the necessary, necessary like opening conversations that mm-hmm. can lead to intimacy. Like so, you know, like I'll, I always say this, like, you know, that you're in if you got the code to my house. Right. The code to my house says that 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 we're to, that we're together. Um, cause that means that you can walk into my house at any point Anytime. in time, right? Mm-hmm. Any point in time. And when, once you have the code in my house, that means I, I like, you're good. Like you can come and go as you please. And I, I to, to answer your question, if, if I walk into my house and you're there, you know, and, and there's food, I, I'm, I'm easy. Right. And there's mm-hmm. food, right. You know, I, I I'm easy and I'm a bachelor, right. There's food. Maybe my dishes are not in the sink, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, may, maybe the pillows are back on the couch, <laughs> right, right? Something, right? Um, those are those are things. And, uh, you know, I've, I, we talked about love languages earlier, and usually mine have been uh, quality of time, touch and quality of time. Mm-hmm. But I think there's part of that is, is some acts of service, right? Because yeah. I take care of my family, right? Mm-hmm. I work at a wonderful organization, Camelback Ventures, you know? So I, I, I'm pouring into entrepreneurs every day. I'm pouring into this every day, right? Trying to figure that out. And so when I come home, I'm tired. And mm-hmm. like, just to have someone there, and then every every now and again, hey, I I, I got this for you. Like you said, I'm gonna just Uber, Uber eat you some food because I know look, because I know you did not eat today. Today. Right, right. I know you did not eat today. And I know you got up at 5 45 or 6 and you did a 45 minute, 45 minute ride on that right. Peloton, Okay. Right? This out right. burning calories and not putting any protein in your Right, right. Exactly. So I know I'm gonna do <laughs> this. I'm gonna do right. I know that. that that's the theme. Did you eat today? No, <laughs> no. I'd be like, so I, I, I think, but on the converse of that, men also have to realize that women want women or the people in their lives want the same thing, right? Listen, yeah. right? Listen to the needs of your partner, and then be able to say, "How can I provide for you?" Right? How Absolutely. can I think? Right? Right? Like. Do I have your favorite beverage at the house? So knowing like if you have punched the code, you can walk in and your beverage is at the house. That's an easy one. Like to me, it's the you do it for your boys. You know who drinks Heineken versus who drinks this versus who drinks McAllen versus who you got a fully stocked bar. You annoyed when they drink it out. Oh, y'all call. Hey, man, next time bring the McAllen with you because you just the last three like you get on my nerves. Like but you provide. For your friends. So for somebody you're considering being intimate or even better have already been intimate. Why is that so hard? So go ahead. But but it's a give first mentality. I'm not thinking about me because Mm -hmm. what happens in a relationship, if like we said, if you're thinking about the other person and they're thinking about you, there's, you don't have to worry, right? You don't have to worry. And and, and what I realized and, and, and what I realized is, is, we've talked about on the show, self-actualization. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. 
But to get to self-actualization, you have to get through love and belonging and self-esteem. And that, and that, that space of love and belonging is key. That's right. Feeling, feeling safe in uh, intimate relationships, right. feeling like you belong, right? That as a part of the community, right? This you're, you're part of my community and my boys that I feel that self-actualize are in loving, intimate, respectful relationships. Mm -hmm. My boys that are not and, and, and are a part of the disrespect in their relationships have not self-actualized. Yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. that's, that's the that's the space when you can have the partner that will support you in your life. Mm -hmm. So I think self-actualization is much easier. It's much easier. And so, you know, it's one of the reasons why what you're describing about like who has taken that journey through love and belonging to self-actualization and who hasn't is one of the reasons why I decided to do a dating detox. And folks are like, are you taking a break? I'm like, no, I'm draining the pool. <laughs> Uh, I'm like to hell with it. Remember when we were kids, and I, this happened in New York, so I don't know if it happened in the South. But like when we were kids, uh, for a little while, the city had this like chemical stuff that if you pee in the pool, it make a uh, a oh, green but, ring. Right, exactly. And somebody be like, "Oh, Charles peed in the pool." It was a mess. It was a mess. So you ducking under it, trying not to. Oh my goodness! And if it happened too many times, they'd have to get make everybody get out and drain it. And so there's this expression that's you know pretty common now that folks are like the dating pool has the dating pool has pee in it. And I'm like, yes. And so oh, one day I was really? like. Oh, yes, it's very common. So I said, you know what? I'm going to drain mine. I agree. So I'm just starting again because what was starting to happen was that I was starting to be angry, right? Like, I'm not having these great, great experiences. I feel like I'm explaining myself way too much. I feel like I'm compromising on what feels like basic human rights. Um, I'm not attracting the kind of gentleman that I feel like I deserve and also um, that is the caliber that I am. Sorry about that. Um, and I am not having a good time. Right. I, I'm dreading this. And I said, okay, Kashana, that means everywhere you go, there you are. So the only thing I have control over is my own behavior, my own action. So let me take a full step back and just do a complete race reset. So that meant getting off every app and deleting them, getting out every dating group I was in. I don't care how many friends I'd made in there and deleting all of them, deleting all the people I'd made who I was like, what, what, if you hate big head me one more time, are we a grown? Who's more words? Hey, big head. Hey, what? Big head. That's the, I haven't talked to you in a while and you want to come, you know, it's a late night. I don't have no late nights. And so did it make, was it a big leap for me? Yes. Because I literally was deleting out of my phone, all of the even short-term connective tissue that I had. Right. So I don't have a dollar friend. I don't have that anymore. Um, but what it released me to was learning. Yeah. You know, one D I C. Okay, well, hello. Come on, somebody. You know you I'm a Hello. Um, and so I started reading books on womanism and books on relationships and books on trauma, and I journal about them. And I I've been writing long journal posts, but I haven't posted anything just yet, so I could write some clear think pieces that don't feel like I'm opining love. But I realize like I'm a super romantic, Charles, and yeah, so I want yeah. R&B love. I know all of the songs of the '80s and '90s and 2000s of love. Okay, everything from Chase to Black Street to oh, Take wow. the Grass. That was story. Okay. Like just the whole situation. So when you when I realized, oh my gosh, I am trying to have a song experience, but this is real life. Okay, Kishana, what are the recalibrating things that you need to do 
so that your spirit is in a good place and you're attracting the kind of dudes that are like, yo, I've done this work. And then for the dudes who are just want to shoot their shot, because, you know, lots of us are shooting out of our range. I mean, you know, just aspirational all over the place. And I can just be like, that is so nice. But you ain't my dude. Right. As opposed to, he paid attention to me. I mean, he's only okay, but he keeps, he's persistent. I guess maybe, maybe he might be all right which is what was happening before when you're dating in larger quantities. And so it has been quite the revelation because I didn't realize how much I had come to rely on these not quite real, not quite deep um, bursts of attention. Mm. And so you got to reset that because if you start with attention seeking behavior, whether you realize it or not, what are you going to attract? The folks right. who are looking to get your attention. Right. And as, as my friend calls it, you're bidding. Right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're bidding for that. And bidding looks like looks so much different than manifestation. Right. And exactly. and, and, re- and readiness. Like, I, I love that because men do that, too. Men, mm-hmm. men, men bid. Right. And so you, you, you can get into ruts where, oh, she paid attention. Right. And, and I know for me and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it's my show vulnerable, whatever I can have. I, I could have had or. I could have had, or, or I can have, depending on the week. I can, <laughs> right? Depending on the week, I can have, a, I can have, a, you know, I, I can have a text chain with seven, eight, nine, ten, ten people, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm bidding, right? Who, who, who's giving me attention, right? Who, who's giving me attention? And but what is that actually really, really doing for me? It's not doing anything for me, but also all it does is just allow me my ego to fulfill satiated mm-hmm. like you're getting you're getting attention but who's really giving you and 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 who are you actually giving time like you're I, i'm parsing my spirit out to folks that's right right and then and then when somebody actually really does a deep dive i'm like oh wait wait hold right. on <laughs> too close but, wait a minute but yeah mm-hmm. like and so then you you know you, you get into this this spiral of like what, what are you actually doing and then you're hurting folks and yeah. then you're an ass and yeah. all the things that you never really wanted to be because um, all the things that I never wanted to be because now I I have bid, I got the attention and uh, wait, oh, it was just really giving me the, e- giving my ego the attention. Ego. And the ego, listen, your ego is designed to protect you. And so if your ego is not getting the right care and feeding, it will show up and show out. Like, look, here oh, it is. Yes. So what was happening when that was happening to me is that I was mean and like nasty, so like not like mean and bitchy, but just more like sort of. My friend was like, you know, you could be a dominatrix because the way that you treat some of these gentlemen, it's just a little bit, you know, sadist. And I'm like, well, what did I say? You know, knowing I don't want you, but giving you this like, you know, obstacle course to run through because I just want to watch you do it. You know, like mm-hmm. my behavior was just not quite right, and it was completely out of alignment with what I said that I really wanted. So I had to be like, oh my God, do I really believe this stuff? Because the human that I want to be able to walk alongside, listen, I need to have a panty wedding experience. I just want to say, if I have a panty grind experience, you can't come, okay? You can, literally and figuratively, you can't come, okay? But also, I want my mind to be stimulated. I want to feel on my toes, because that's where desire comes from, that like a little bit off key, off balance. Right. Um, but I also want to have my 10 toes down experience where I know if something went left, like even a little bit, that you'd be there. Why? Because I grew up with two dads, both my stepdad and my dad, who you wouldn't blink at my mama or my stepmother and don't think that those two gentlemen, they don't even speak. They just, it's the situation. Boom. Boom. 
So I'm not going to partner up with somebody who I feel like I got the question like, you, you going to let him talk to me like that? Like, if I had to ask that question, you, I would like to bless yeah, you. Probably. and you. <laughs> that's going that, I'm, I'm I'm stealing it I would like to bless you and release you and release you and though I, although what I do say in real time though Charles I have to tell you this it's, it's terrible and I'm telling the whole world what I actually say is um, this is my stop so this is where I'm going to get off it's been so nice getting to know you and I just wish you the best oh yeah I had to say that this week oh. <laughs> this is my stop this is my stop Pull, pull, you know, pull the train lever. I mean, it's my stop. This is where I get on. I like that. I, I, I like that. This is my, this is my stop. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't say it as kindly as, as that. <laughs> I did, oh I did, yeah. No, no. Uh-uh. no. I mean, uh, no. I, I, I literally said like, I, I literally said because I, I do not feel safe in this with you anymore. Yeah, no, that's a no. That's a yeah, hard. That, and it was a no. I was like, I do not, like, I do not, and. I want to I want to say to my revolutionaries and particularly the men who like you can say that I'm giving you the ability to say yeah. like right because you can feel unsafe and I know when I feel unsafe I am a cage like I am a pit bull right yeah. and I know what that looks like and I don't want that version of me out in the world right and so I have been I have been saying like okay you're at 100 right now for no reason, no reason. And I don't feel safe. And I know when I don't feel safe, what this is going to look like. So I'm going to exit. Yep. That's exactly right. And I think, I wonder if you would say that to the first time is a warning shot, right? So if a gentleman said to me, listen, you're at hundred right now. I really don't feel safe. That's immediate full emergency break. Stop. Mm, exactly. And I'm, if I'm thinking, if I'm like, yo, I am not trying to mess this up with this, with this, sir. Can we just take a moment? Okay, can you tell me what I did that really got you, to, like that you experienced me getting to 100 because I'm going to work on that. And then I'm going to work on it, right? Yeah. And I'm going to give you permission to say, look, pineapple, if you feel like I done hit the doggy on the th- on the th- on the fourth gear, look, you done dropped in the fourth. No, up in the fourth, right? So it was down, it was down, it was down. Drop in the fourth. Okay, like if that happens, then because that behavior that I might've been doing is probably conditioning from things that I've experienced over time. So I'm not asking you to govern me or govern my behavior. I'm an adult. I should be able to govern myself. But maybe I have not had enough clues from somebody to be able to be like, throttle down. What are you doing? Right? And yeah. maybe my relationships in the past have thrived on being dropping that clutch in the six. Because that's the only way I'm used to getting a response. And I haven't met somebody who's like, say, hey, about first year, though, I just want you to know, we're just tipping out the parking lot. Like, you were just real... I'll get it, you know? All right. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I got a clip, like like you just said, from a friend. And it said, you know, you came at me, you can't, basically it said, you came at me, you know, on 100, right? And I gave you compassion. Yes. Right? I gave you compassion. And for some people who are used to getting 100 back, that scares them because that's a new, wait. Whoa. Whoa, wait, you... What? Mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna come back at me like that? Like you're, I'm not, I'm not used to that, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to learn. Because I, I, I'm sure that we could go forever, oh <laughs> forever on this. But I, I want to ask this last question, right? Sure. Uh, what do you say? Like, what do you want men to know as they uh, as they approach dating, and particularly older men, yeah. right? Dating after forty. But I think it's going to be for all men. 
What do you say to them? How do they, how do they approach dating in a positive manner that's going to be beneficial for themselves and the people that they want to date? Yeah. I would say one, you got to know yourself and not like, this is just the way I am. So take it or leave it. Not that. That, that, that is very rigid, but really know and understand what you have the capacity to give and if you are willing to learn a new thing, right? I think that's really, really important. And the second thing is to know the kind of partner that you think you'd be so excited to do things for and to be with and to love on, right? Like the person that gives you that resting place. So when men say typically like, be my peace, I would normally hear, shut the fuck up. Sorry, can I say that? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You can't, you're fine. Okay, that, that's what I would hear. Like, oh, so you want me to shut up? Just not say nothing, have an opinion? All right, but no, but what if peace means that things are taken care of and so therefore I don't have responsibility in it, I can rest. Yes. And so you've got to know as a man, what does that mean for you specifically so that when you are having conversations with potential partners, that you're able to articulate that so that we then get to opt in or opt out? Because I will tell you this. And the last thing is have a plan. Here's why. Uh, drug dealers have trap queens. Bank robbers. Clyde, you know them? Yeah. They have bonnies. Even 68% of serial killers have girlfriends or wives at home, which means some of the most nefarious of humans in the world has a woman who's behind them. Why? Because they got a plan. Baby, I'm going to take this bank. And when we take these two banks, I'm going to cut this weight. And we do this weight. You know, I'm going to be right back. They don't have a different plan. But they have somebody at home. So when you don't have a plan to be able to say, this is the way that I see the world happening. And here's where I want to be able to make some space. But I have a straw man. I'm clear on where I love things to go with somebody who's alongside me, then we get to opt in. Yeah. Without it, at this age, for the kind of women that lots of men are seeking, professional women who are doing things in the world, you want us to have our own and be independent and be soft and pink. and, and We already have a plan. I just want you to know. Um, so if you want me to put my plan down or merge plans, put an, put an add-on to the house, we all need to see your floor plan. Yeah. So those would be the three things I would say. Know yourself. No, know what you're really willing to give and what you have, if you have the capacity to learn and then have a plan. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And we talk about this a lot on the show, this self-awareness, the self-awareness mm -hmm. and leadership. Mm -hmm. right? And we think about this, like relationships are, you know, relationships, there will be leaders and followers at, at, at certain times. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to follow. That's right. And you have to be able to lead as well. And like having a plan. And I hear a lot of sisters like, yo, I got my plan. I know what, what's up. You want to add to this plan? Where you, where you at? What, what are you bringing? And I'm going to just say that I know a lot of brothers who are just like, I know what my plan is, but it ain't the, it ain't the plan that you think it is. Right. I got a plan, but the plan is I'm trying to slip and slide. Right. right. And yeah, you know, after, after a certain age, man, the reality is, and I'm, you know, I, I'm not putting anybody out there because I've been that brother. Mm -hmm. You know, the reality is that the, 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 the world that we used to live in, that, that world just don't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. Right? Play playtime is over. And so now this has been good. I, you know, this is this is this is good. You know, as as I said at the beginning of the show, like <laughs> you, you, the revolutionaries, you got a show from one of the most powerful women that I know, powerful people that I know. And this has been, as I always say, like, this has been a masterclass, right? Just, yeah. you know, being able to spend time with you. Um, how you know, we didn't talk, you know, just tell us, give us a little blurb about what you do. Right. So the world knows like master trainer, but Kishana and co is a world renowned 
company that, you know, does what? So we're an organizational development and learning company. So we help executive leaders and people managers live well and lead well. And we do that through training, through coaching, leadership and professional development and getting folks to manage people well. Okay. Yowza. Um, so I spend most of my time training amazing humans like you um, who are in the C-suite, who are VP level um, on how to be better leaders and managers by taking care of themselves first through wellness and well-being and then taking care of their teams. And so that's what we do. That's right. Look, look, she got that pitch down. Look, look, entrepreneur, she got that pitch down tight. <laughs> she knows. Look, look, look my, my one minute is like, I take your team from icky to sticky. Oh, 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 I like that. <laughs> I like that. Look, look, if you look, entrepreneurs, revolutionaries out there, if you need some work, you need some leadership development, you need to build your teams, make sure that you are following, finding Kisana Palmer, Kisana and Co. The wonderful work. I know that we have benefited at Camelback Ventures with all the great work that she's done with us. I know Kelly Salney, Aaron Walker, and the entire team think tremendously of Kasana Palmer. And I, look, I've been fan, fanning, fanning this beautiful queen ever since she walked in. So thank you for joining the What's Your Revolution show. Yes, I'm so honored. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, we wish you the world, not the best, but the world. And, 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 you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens after the dating detox and what, yes. comes, out of, what comes out of that. So thank you so much. And revolutionaries, we always want you to know that we are here for you and what you do. And hopefully as 22 goes on, that you're answering what we think is the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? Yes. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What's your revolution? What's your revolution? What's your revolution? What's your revolution? Look, I told people, like, like what's your, who's your guest? I was like, look, this sister is, like, super dope, super amazing. Like, what are you talking about? We're talking about dating. <laughs> you know, I was like, look, she's got a little blog talking about her dating experiences, dating after 40, the whole dating detox. We're going to get into all of that. But, like, like, look, look, the people listen to the show, brothers, look, you know, when, they, when y'all hear this, I want you to, like, tell us, give us the blueprint, because clearly, clearly... Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Like, I, I have a, So, what's your revolution? What's your revolution? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, like I said, we don't have too many, you know, it's a show for men and the people who love him, you know, he was like, bring men, but I was like, I gotta have this conversation, I gotta have this conversation with you. So, let's do it. All right, here we go. Seiko, you know, this is this, this is where it is. Seiko's my producer. Uh, Seiko's my producer. He is my line brother, too. So, he, he's a, He's an amazing human. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Here we go. What's your revolution? What's your revolution? What's your revolution? What's your revolution? What's your revolution?